Well, we are wrapping up or getting really ramped up. Um, watching the praise team this morning, watching all that's going on, I believe we're starting to get to the point where we're ready for what God wants to do. Um, what God is, is wanting to complete in the process. I talk about a process, in, and it's amazing because I'll tell you all the time, I'm not a much of a 12 steps program. I'm not much of, of, you know, all the understanding of, of the psychology of things. I, I grew up just watching the Holy Spirit fix things. So, so in my life, when you come to me, don't get me wrong, if, if you come to me with a marriage, and you say, Pastor, I, will you help us with our marriage? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably put you in a class. I'm gonna give you stuff to do. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. We may meet a couple times and just talk about something that's going on in your life, give you some pointers. But let me tell you who's gonna fix it. You and God. And, and, and when I say God, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to do to transform you. And let me see if I can give it to you in an illustration. Uh, the process that I talk about is like when I wash clothes. I love washing clothes. That is, that is my job at the house usually, is washing clothes. I know it sounds crazy, but I just, I, there's nothing better than watching something that's dirty, come out clean, and everything's organized, and I can stack it, and it's like the world is good again. Anybody ever feel like that? That when, when everything, it's the world is back in. Now I know by next Saturday, it will be chaos again, and, and it'll all have to start over, but for just a day, it's like the world is at peace. Everything is good. Everything's in its place. But here's the thing. The process is I can get washing powders. I can get laundry. I can get uh, uh, all the different uh, cleaning stuff. I can, I can fabric softener. You name it. I can do it all. I can get all the products. In fact, that is my job. My job is to open the lid First, separate, make sure everything is, is, is in there, is supposed to be in there. Don't put one big red shirt in with my white clothes and, and all this stuff. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure everything is right. I add the detergent, the fabric softener. I, I, if I need, if it really is white, something real bad, then I may add some extra cleaning stuff, some, some oxy or something. So I've got all of this in there. And then I just lay my hands on it. And I say, now God, clean it. No, I've done all the processing I can do. I've done everything in my power. And when I talk about processes, that's what I mean. That when we're supposed to repent, we're supposed to turn, we're supposed to separate our desires and make sure our desire is something that's pleasing to God, it's something God, I've done everything I can do. But let me tell you what finally has to happen. I close that lid and I mash that start button. And when I mash that start button, I can't even open the lid anymore. It, it's done. It says, you know what? You've, you've started the process. You've put everything in you're supposed to. Now the power of the machine, the power that it possesses. I don't stick my hand in the agitator and try to help it out and, and, and wash my hand with the clothes and, and try to stir. No, I close it and it's like now everything is dependent on you. I can't clean those clothes. I can't make everything come out the way it's supposed to, but I've done everything in my power to prepare it. And now that I've prepared it, I've let loose 
and I've released the power of that machine. That's what God says that we do. We go through the process of preparing ourselves in prayer, preparing ourselves in turning from the things that we need to turn from, and then we release God and say, now God, doing all I know to do, I'm asking everything that I'm asking, knowing that all of that has to come through your power. Let me show you the scriptures that we've used to kind of build this because today we will finally get to the final stage of getting your clothes on. That's what we want to speak on today. Finally getting your clothes on. So in Acts 3, 18 and 19, here's what we read. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And then times of refreshing, verse 20 And then times of refreshment will come from where? The presence of the Lord. Understand, it's not coming from Jesus. It's not coming from God the Father. It's coming from the only thing that is on this side of heaven that we connect to heaven with. That's the presence of the Lord. So what you feel this morning is the presence of the Lord. We used to sing that song. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. Oh, the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is here. We used to sing that. Why? Because we understood that what we're feeling is the presence. And Jesus says, listen, Jesus ain't coming back. You're not going to get a mirage. What's going to happen is when you turn and when you repent and when you turn yourself and doing what you know to do, the presence of the Lord will intervene then and come in. And that's why my life has been that way. I I don't understand all the steps of everything else. I know to prepare. I know to do what I can do. But let me make it very clear. When I get to the end of Tim Lott, there's only one thing that's going to change the atmosphere. There's only one thing that's going to heal. There's only one thing that's going to fix. That is the power of the Almighty God. God. That is the Spirit of God. That is the Holy Ghost power that I know that some in the world are like, oh, I don't know about that. Some in the Christian world, I'm not sure about that. Well, I hate to break it to you. It's the only power you got. Otherwise, you better be handing out a lot of hot dogs and you better do a lot of TV stuff and you better do a lot of smiling. But let me break it to you. You're not changing anything because even though you may have added the washing powders and you may have put the fabric softener, you ain't got the power to make the machine run. You ain't got enough power to clean anything. You don't have the power within yourself to make it happen. Go to Acts 4 and 31. I'll show it to you here. You got excused because today I'm finally bringing my final point to my message that's taken me four weeks. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with, when they began to pray, the presence of God intervened again. Paul would later say to be continually refilled. Go to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. This is what God is promising. Then if my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and 
Turn from their wicked ways. See, there's a process. I can't change the process. Somebody say, well, well, you know, I don't understand how that works. Let me tell you how it doesn't work. You can't just come to the altar and get zapped. You can't just come and and all of a sudden, boy, I'm telling you, boy, that was a powerful service. The change has to happen from within. And then when it makes itself to the outside, then it's a lasting change. He said, if you will do your part, then listen, turn from your wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Today, I want to bring you the the final part. I want to bring you this this final understanding of everything that we've been wrapping up. Repenting, humbling ourselves, turning, desiring, knowing what we want. If we had to ask God for something in here today, what would we ask for? If we could ask for something right now, what would we ask for? And we dealt with that last week. I wish my car run. Is that really the most important thing? I wish I had a girlfriend, a boyfriend. I wish I had... Is that really the most important thing? Because here's the thing. God has already promised that if you seek my kingdom and me first, all these things will be... So you're seeking the end result of a thing, but you're missing the process. And so today I want to show you how it finally culminates. So the best way I can do this is to describe for you putting your clothes on. Putting your clothes on. Finally getting dressed. Finally being prepared. Because the Bible says that after this took place, they began to preach the Word of God with both. Something about them had changed. Something about their life was different. So what is, what is taking place that we're excited about? What is it, Pastor, that next week when we start this, it's not an evangelist that's coming. It's, it's not who the music is going to be doing. It has nothing to do with any of those things. We may add those things. We may add those pieces. But those pieces don't make it run. Those pieces are not brings the result. In fact, we didn't have any of that this morning, and we already have God moving. We already. So what is the thing? It is when we've done the process to release him to do what he's supposed to do, mashing the start button, finally deciding, okay, God, you do it the way you want to do it. Now, let me tell you the process of getting ready. Let me explain to you the process that the Holy Spirit uses to get you dressed for success to get you prepared for what he wants to do. Number one, it has to begin with water. The Holy Spirit's described in multiple ways. And one of the first ways that he's described is water. If you're, if you're going to get ready, let's just say we've worked out. We've, we've just done a big workout and, and, and man, we're sweaty, we're tired. I don't have time for anything. I mean, I need to get to war. I need to get going. So today I'm just going to put my clothes on and I'm just going to go on to work anyway. Now it's not going to be very long before Elise says, did you take a bath today? I wiped off. No, no, no. I didn't ask, did you you work out this morning? Yes. Did you take a bath today? Well, I didn't have time to take. Look, look, you got to go. You need to go do that now. I've got clean clothes masking what's underneath. I'm, I'm covering the odor up. It's not, 
No, no, no. You need, you need to take a bath. You need to go to the shower now. See, the Holy Spirit begins, look at the person beside you and say, He begins with water. What the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life begins with water. Let me show you. Go to John 3 and 5. John 3 and 5. Jesus replied, Assuredly, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of... He connects the two. He says it like a birth. But your birth in the Spirit is like a birth in water. But it's not physical, it's spiritual. Go with me to Hosea 6 and 3. Let me show it to you again. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Wouldn't it be great to know the Lord? Wouldn't it be great to, to know Him? Let us press on to know Him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn of the coming what? Rains and the early. He said, you may tell you how God will introduce him when you decide, I want to know God. I want to press into God. Let me show you the first way he's going to introduce himself in the spirit. It's a washing. It is simply like rain falling on you. That's why when you watch somebody, it's not hard to figure out if somebody's tapping into God. When they're at an altar, it's not the fact that you can smell anything. It's not the fact that you can see really anything. But all of a sudden, you know in the spirit, if you can see in your spirit, it's like God has a hose and he's turned it over. And that person sitting there is just saying to themselves, man, I don't understand this. I got goosebumps everywhere. I, 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 something is happening. Something is taking place. Can I tell you what it is? It is the refreshing water of the Holy Spirit that's entering into your life. It is the refreshing power of the Spirit that is rebirthing, renewing. It is cleansing. When we talk about water, its number one purpose is cleansing. It's cleansing. It is to thirst quench. It is to soul satisfy. It is life-giving. When he talks about rain, he's talking about refreshing. Go with me to John 7, 37 and 38. Let me show it to you one more time. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus, now this is Jesus preaching, stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to... Well, how, okay, so he's going to give me some water. No, no, listen to what he says. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, okay? For the Scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from... Hold on now. I need to drink. So to drink something, I need to go to a water fountain, right? Makes sense. To, to drink something, I've got to have a water hose, a water fountain. Somebody's got to give me a water bottle. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, are you thirsty? Yes. Would you like to have water? Yes. Then I'm fixing to build the well inside of you. 
I'm not fixing to make it to where, because that's what messes a lot of you up. You think, I got to go to church. I got to come to church and through Pastor Lot's preaching, through the praise, through everything, I'll get refreshed. No, no, no. Your refreshing never comes from the outside. Your refreshing comes from the spring and the well that's built up on the inside of you and you are filling yourself. You are replenishing yourself. Because what if, what if you got arrested today and somebody stuck you in a dark prison and said, you're going to be here for the next 20 years? Well, you can't go to church anymore. You can't, can't find a preacher anymore. You're not going to hear a sermon. They're not going to give you a Bible. How are you going to survive? What they don't realize is, is that my well doesn't come from the outside. My well of water comes from the inside. It's where God says, from inside of you, I will put a well and it will spring up. I'm drinking from my own water fountain. I'm drinking from the refreshing that's coming from the inside. So when God says, I'm cleansing you, I'm cleansing you inwardly. <laughs> that's why I never understand when Pensacola and all these places had these great revival. And everybody's like, man, we got to go to Pen. We need to load up and go to Pensacola. I'm like, why? Why do you want to waste your gas? All you're going to do is go watch other people drink their water. What you need to do is get your own water. Now, you might go there and get hungry because they've got something you ain't got. But ultimately, if you're going to get it back to Forest, Mississippi, you better be bringing it from the inside of you because you're not bringing Wendell Cooley with you. So the first thing that we understand is that the Spirit represents and comes in the form of water. So if I say I'm going to get ready, the first thing I have to do is, all right, let's get in this shower. Let's get in this water. Ugh. Nobody likes it, do they? I wish I could just never stink. And just take off my clothes, put on new clothes, and never have to go through that process. But it's the process. I have to climb into the wall. I have to allow the whole Holy Spirit to use the water as himself inside of me to cleanse me. Which moves me to number two. Now, if I just decide, okay, Elisa's done got on to me and I need to get a bath, I can say, fine, take a shower, I'll take a shower. I just jump in there and I jump out. I got wet. Some of you kids, your parents, that's the reason they ask you, did you use soap? My wife realized this real quick when our boys turned 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Up until that time, Nathan and Taylor, they could, they could jump in that water, throw some water on them, wipe off. and But there came a distinct moment. A distinct moment where Elise just looked at her boys and said the ugliest thing you could pop. Y'all just stink. Y'all stink. And they're like, we don't stink. We just took a bath. She said, did you use soap? Of course, then I got you get that look. Yeah. And Elise started buying the right soap. Male soap. Ten times the cleaning power. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. So all of a sudden, the number two thing that the Holy Spirit's represented as is fire. Fire. Now we think fire is to burn things up. Fire is to destroy things. Fire is to, to you know, but it's not. When we talk about fire, when we're talking about uh, the Holy Spirit being fire, listen, it's a symbol of purification. Fire is the symbol of being purified. Just like water is being cleansed, but it has to be with fire and water. It has to be with purification and the washing. It can't just be grace. It has to be with grace and truth. The two go together. It has to mix. Go with me in your Bibles to Matthew 3 and 11. Matthew 3 and 11. I baptize you with water. Those who repent of their sins and turn to so there's a there's a, a washing, and it, and it must take place. If anybody tells you, well, you need to know the Lord, you need to repent. Okay, that's normal. That's what John the Baptist said. Paul would later meet some people, and he said, what baptism did you have? He said, we had the baptism of John, and we just used water. Well, you still stink. Well, we don't even know nothing about this, this Holy Ghost and this... Notice later when Paul would baptize them, that immediately when they baptized them again in water, he also, the Bible says, when they came up, began as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. What happened? They received not only a baptism of water like John, but now they receive a baptism of fire. He said, I baptize you with water to repent of sins and to turn to God, but someone is coming soon, who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Go with me to Acts 2, 3 and 4. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. This was the day of Pentecost. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. And as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen, if you just jump in the shower and you just stick your head in there long enough to get your hair wet, that's what the world notices about the Christian community. Are you saved? Yeah. Well, you still stink. Your life is no different than mine. There's no difference in us. But if you look at that person and say, are you saved? Yes. Man, I, you, don't, you don't act. You don't, you don't talk the same. You don't, that's because I wasn't just baptized in grace. I was baptized in fire. I didn't just receive salvation. I received power to cleanse me, to purify me. I want to, I know we, we always talk about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
But I want to I want to just show it to you in a different way, can I? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were were in the book of Daniel, and and we don't have to go there, but but just they were the ones that wouldn't bow, so they were saved. And and they said, listen, we're not going to bow, Nebuchadnezzar, to your statue. You can kill us. And Nebuchadnezzar had already said, if you don't bow, I've created this furnace of fire that that I'll throw you in it. And they said, well, we, we can't do anything about that. If you want to do that, go ahead, but let it be known. We will not bow. And there is only one God, whether he saves us or not. It's the only one God, and we will worship him. I want you to realize... We always say it as they were thrown in the fire and Jesus comes along and is in the fire with them. I want you to see it biblically what was taking place. Fire is designed to do what? Purify. What was the problem with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They didn't have a problem. They didn't, they didn't have a problem. So what happened was is the thing the world created to purify, to destroy. God said, Nebuchadnezzar, that's the last thing you need to be creating for my boys. That's the last, because they're already not destroyed by fire. They're just revealed by fire. Just like pure gold, later the, the prophet will say, like gold is all the impurities will melt away and gold will rise. He said, what happens is, is that the guards that you chose were not pure. And the guards that you thought were the biggest, the strongest, the mightiest guards that you had, we'll use them to throw them in the fire. But the Bible says the guards got too close to the fire. And when they got too close to the fire, it killed them. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't just go in the fire. But, but listen, the, the problem is, is that they're bound. They're tied. Oh, but those ropes are impure. The ropes are not pure. So guess what happens to the ropes? They burn off. Guess what happens to everything else around them? It burns off. But the Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are walking around in the fire. Why? Because they're like, we all know what fire was designed for. It was designed for purity. And I love the fact that somewhere in the process, Jesus up in heaven said, I got to get in this party. I got to go down there and celebrate with them. And the Bible says that when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he didn't just see three in a fire. He saw the fourth man also, the son of God, walking around with them and saying to them, I can imagine, isn't this pretty cool that when you're pure and when you're holy and when you're what you're supposed to be, there's nothing the world can create or design that can destroy you? Wow. Oh. Because they were pure of heart, God said, mm, there ain't nothing to burn off on them. Israel was led by fire. And if you're going to be clean, you're going to have to use the soap. You're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to purify. Because that's His role. So then I finally get out. I'm washed. I'm clean. I'm tiling off. Now, I just throw my clothes on, right, Elise? Elise is like, nope. 
Because Elise knows that it doesn't take me very long for my odors to go back to the way they were. Anybody have that problem? You're like, Brother Lott, I love it when we come to church, man. It, if it would just last all week, it would be awesome. If it just last just past Monday. Sometimes I can't even get past dinner on Sunday and I'm already... What's wrong? The stink's coming back. It's because the third thing that the Holy Spirit represents is oil. Oil is designed in the Old Testament to give fragrance. You know where flowers came from? I know we spend thousands of dollars, flowers at weddings and things. You know where flowers came from? Like at weddings, people holding a bouquet? Because years ago, people didn't have weddings. At the end of work or whatever, you'd swing by and get your baby and you'd run to a preacher's house and you'd get married. I remember my dad marrying a bunch of people at just his house and my grandfather and other people. Weddings were not big, elaborate things. Maybe you had a couple of your grandparents, a few people. But normally it was just very... And going back to even further, it was even more that way. So what it was, usually the girl stunk. So you held the flowers to mask the smell in the house. That's what holding the bouquet represented. Was that we probably don't smell right. And we're fixing to walk up in this house. Somebody along the way in a carriage or something decided, look, let's go over and pick a bunch of these flowers. You hold them while we do this wedding. And that's where it originated. The oil, all through the Bible, which represents the Holy Spirit, is to put off a fragrance, is to represent the power or the authority that God has given. Go with me to Luke 4 and 18. I'll show it to you. Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is... This is Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has... Anointed me. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen to me. The Spirit of the Lord is, is upon me. He has anointed me. That's what Jesus was saying. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives, the release, and the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free. Go with me in your Bibles to Acts 10 and 38. Acts 10 and 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. What, what did He anoint Him with? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the anointing oil that is put upon us. We don't put natural oil on us anymore. In the Old Testament, remember, the Bible says that the oil that was poured on Aaron to represent the Holy Spirit that ran down his beard, that ran down. They poured oil on them for fragrance. They poured oil on them to represent who they were. As they entered in, they entered in the presence as a, as a fragrance. They represented God. But in the New Testament, God says, I don't do that that way anymore. I anoint you with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and with power. 
Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was... This is the anointing that we're talking about. Go to 1 John 2 and 20. 1 John 2 and 20. But you are not like that. For the Holy One has given you His Spirit. And all of you know the... You have been anointed. You're not like everyone else. There's an anointing that's been put upon you. The Holy Spirit is that spirit of anointing that comes upon your life. It's like putting the deodorant on. It's putting the fragrance on. It's spraying on whatever type of perfume. It's it's creating the atmosphere. When you walk into a room, God says, I do that through my spirit. That's the anointing that you walk into a room. It doesn't take me very long. I I don't like it. I I really dislike it because I'm really, I'm more of an introvert. But it doesn't take me very long to be anywhere. And somebody's going to ask me, are you a preacher? What do you do for a living? Why? Because I cannot change the smell that I'm going to bring into a room. I never worry about when people say, well, bro, like you go over so-and-so's house. No, you be careful, man. They, they act. I don't worry about it like that. They don't have no perfume. They got, they just stink. But when I walk in the room, I'm the one bringing the fragrance. I'm the one bringing the anointing. So when you go to school and you wonder why you stick out, because you smell different. When you go to work and you, you, I don't understand, you smell different. When you're around your old family and they just all heathens. And they won't even hardly give you a piece of chicken and wondering when you're going to finally leave. It's because you smell different. You know when you smell like them. And you know when you smell different from them. We have that story of David where Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he's got the oil, that whole big old flask of oil. And he's like, Maybe this one, maybe. God said, don't pour it on that one. Don't pour it on that one. Finally, David, he says, do you have another son? Well, I got a little boy, you know, he, he's out at the field. He said, go get him. And when he walks in, Samuel hears from God, that's the one. And in front of everybody, Samuel pours the oil on him, which represents the anointing. It's going to be on his life. Listen, in the New Testament, it is the Holy Spirit that is the oil that's added to your life. Finally, finally, I can put my clothes on. Finally, I can leave the house and be what I'm supposed to be. But even when I do that, be very careful because you'll be you'll think I'm gonna I'm gonna be what I am, and I'm going I'm to, you know, I can't help the way I talk. I can't, no, no, no. you got to put on the Spirit as your clothing. Let me show you what I mean. Go to Luke 24. It's one of the most fascinating Scriptures. Luke 24, verses 46 through 49. I'm fixing to let you go. 
And he said, yes. It is written long ago that the Messiah should suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. That much we don't have a problem with. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed to the authority of His name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. No problem. People do that every Sunday, don't we? We preach Jesus. We're preaching people to get saved. We're, we're doing it. For you are witnesses of all these things. Got it. But here's the part we miss. And now I will send the... Okay, I'm supposed to go preach the gospel. I'm supposed to go preach repentance. I'm supposed to tell the nations. I'm supposed. Well, yeah, all that stuff's great. But listen, don't miss the important part. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from... The other translation of that is until you're clothed with power. The translation of that scripture is that you would put on the clothing of power. It's not that you just have the Holy Spirit. You're clothed in Him. You're wrapped in Him. And so in Luke 24, we're told by the disciples, they're told, do not leave Jerusalem until you have finally got the clothes on. It's not enough to talk in tongues. It's not enough to, to pray. It's not enough to repent. It's not enough to turn. But you need to have all of the washing from the inside, the water, from the outside, the oil, from all over your life, the water washing and cleaning. And then you need to put on the clothing. You need to put on on the attitude that God wants you to have. The Holy Spirit needs to give you his fruits that come from the clothing that he wants to put on you. Love, joy, peace, kindness, temperance, long-suffering, all of these oozing through you because that's who you are. You're clothed in it. Let me show you what it looked like. Go back with me to Acts 4, verse 31 again. And I wish I had time to just go through about 12 different stories. I'd love to tell you about Paul and Silas sitting in a jail with stocks on their hands and they're in the dungeon and they've been chained up. And then all of a sudden at midnight, the Bible said one began to sing, one began to preach. And all of a sudden in the process of this, what they didn't know was what they were clothed in and who they were and what the water was coming from the inside. They didn't need anybody to preach to them. The more they stirred, then what did he tell Timothy later? He said, Timothy, stir up the gift that has been put inside of you by the laying on of my hands. But I'm just going to use this one. Is it okay? Because this is the end of our story, our chapter 3 and 4 that I've been working through. And here's what takes place. After this prayer, the meeting place was shook and they were all... Look at the person beside you and say, they were clothed. They were washed, purified, perfumed, and got their clothes on. They were all filled with the Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with... So what we do is, well, I just want to be able to preach the Word of God with boldness. Well, you can't do it naked. You got to get some clothes on, son. I just, I just want to stand. I just want to do something for God. Well, you can't do it naked. 
We see the world doing that all the time. People in pulpits naked. Got no power, no authority, no ability telling people they need to try to live right. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You can't do it unless God clothes you with power. After this prayer, the meeting place was shook. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. Listen to what it says. The apostles testified powerfully. Well, verse, verse 32. Go back to it. You don't skip on me. That's bad. All believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their... So they shared everything they... Nobody told them to do this. This is what being filled with the Spirit is. This is the results of being clothed. I don't have to, I don't have to tell you, hey, we're going to take up all, hey, I need you to give. Would you please help? Would you please? I don't ever do that. I just want you filled with the Holy Ghost. I get you filled with the Holy Ghost. I get your pocketbook. You ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. You still got that pocketbook. I just put a lot. That's mine now. I just can't, you can't see. That's all right. You can't give until you are full. You just can't do it. You might, you might pay payments, but you ain't a giver until this happens. And then notice what happens when, and all the believers were united in one heart. It means everybody in this room would feel like everybody in this room was my brother and my sister. And they felt that what they owned was not their own so that they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in I know it sounds crazy, but they actually believed they were going to die and take nothing with them. Crazy thought, ain't it? Some of y'all hanging on to stuff that great-great-grandma gave you and great-great-grandpa gave you. And when you die, I guess it'll go to great-great-great-grandkid or whoever. It'll sit in some shed somewhere. fact is, is they understood what life was about. They realized that the whole purpose is, is to sow into my generation, to love my generation, to do the best for my generation, and to transform the world. This is what it looks like when you're refueled, refilled. This is what it looks like. So at the end of this next season, what I'm looking for is not you go sell everything you got. I don't care if you keep it all. It don't mean anything to me. I hope that you all have nice houses and you keep everything you got. That's not what I'm after. But it's the understanding that the Spirit now is guiding, leading, directing, and I'm full. And my priorities are right. You're in this place today, starting this next week, we're going to add all the stuff. We're going to add all the stuff. 
but it is only the power of the machine. It's only when you finally say, start. And you release the Holy Spirit to do only what He can do. That you're going to see the transformation that you really want to see. That transformation in your marriage, that transformation in your own heart, that transformation... And you can call it revival. I stay in revival. I, I, don't, I ain't never fall out of revival. But there are moments in my life where I need refreshing. Or as my wife would say, Tim, you need to go take a bath. And when she means that, she means use soap. And put on deodorant when you get through. And then put your clothes on. Because then you'll be ready. Ready to do what? To preach with boldness. To have the right heart to give, to love. To see life as it really is. It's just I'm just passing through. I'm not staying here. Hey, I, I want to go on vacations. I want to spend time with my kids. I'd like to drive a car that runs and doesn't break down all the time. All those things are wonderful things, and I hope you have blessings in all of them. But don't love so much that you forget why you're passing through. And you miss the most important thing. Because if you do, you might get to stinking again. You might become ineffective again. You may become the dad you don't want to be, the mom you don't want to be, the co-worker you don't want to be. Stuff may start coming out of your mouth that you don't want. Stuff start might flipping through your mind that you don't want to remember. Times of refreshing will come from the Lord. Will you stand? I am so ready. I hope that this week you will spend time praying with me. That God will give each one of these speakers exactly what they need to say to each of us. That God will bring people in from places that we haven't even seen. That maybe some of the people that you've been wanting to see come and receive, they'll finally come with you. You'll ask them this time and they'll say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm ready. I am so hungry. So hungry to just be reclothed, refilled. I'm so hungry to watch God do a new thing. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy the way our life is. And that's good. But I have a feeling that God is not just stirring the praise team and He's not just stirring a couple of us. I have a feeling God's stirring a lot of people in this room. Saying, I want to tap into that. I want the more. I want the life transformation you're talking about. 
Let me be very clear. It doesn't come because of all seasons. It won't come because of Pastor Lot. It won't even come because of the speakers that will be coming. They'll be awesome, a lot better preachers than me, and you're going to have a great, it's going to be awesome. But let me tell you where it's going to come from. It's going to come because you push the start button. You add everything in that you can. God, I'm, I'm turning. God, I'm repenting. God, this is my desire. This is... And I'm just putting me in it. Holy Spirit, you're the only one that's got the power to do it. Now do it in me. Do it in me. Can't tell you how many times over these 40-something years of following the Lord, I've had to push that button. Say, God, one more time. Clean me up, straighten me up. Get this old mind right again. And like getting in a tub, I hate it every single time. Like, I just wish I didn't have to go. But isn't it good? Anybody ever, when you take the bath, you get your clothes, and you look in the mirror, and your hair is actually not oily, and, and you're like, man, feels good. Even you smile around, it feels good to get a bath, don't it? Feels good. You're like, yeah. It does. And this next week is fixing to be just an outpouring upon this place. And I'm praying for the people you're praying for. And I'm praying for you. That God pours out on you like never before. Will you bow your heads, Father? God, I love my people. I love every person in this room. And if I could, I would just give it to them. If I could this morning while that praise team was singing and your presence was so thick, I would have just grabbed them by the hand and dragged them out and say, press start. Just let it go. Just press start. Let him have his way. God, every person in this room has to decide to do that. As for me, God, I'm so ready for everything that you want to do inside of me. I'm ready for the wells to swell up again and stir up the water that's inside of me. I'm ready for your fire that if there's anything, just burn it out, just cleanse it, get all the spots and stains out. I'm ready for you to pour fresh oil, anointing, and changes the fragrance of my attitude. And I'm ready for you to clothe me so that in power, in love, in authority, I can move forward. Father, I pray that upon every person here, every family here. Give us this coming week the greatest move of God this place has ever seen. Shake it. Shake it. For Your glory, just shake it. Thank You for what's coming. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.